0: Born on a mountain top in Tennessee, Greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when
1: he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. Did you enter the woods? Around eight o'clock. Then what happened? Then I reached this
0: cliff, it's transmitting in alpha waves with complex frequency patterns in them. I know I fell. It's 1986,
1: man. Eight years since that night. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother. Where did this come from? From the mind of a 12-year-old boy? He's hurt. He's calling me. His voice keeps calling, saying something over and over and over, but I can't understand very much. I require to complete my mission. I have been sent from Phalon to borrow samples of life from different galaxies for study. On this planet, I chose you. Why me? Why not? An out-of-this-world episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teeth, and joining me, as always...
0: Hi, Hawkins.
1: How are you this evening?
0: I'm good. Excited about this movie.
1: I am, too. And in case you didn't look at the episode number... This is a milestone episode. It's the 150th episode, so we are almost at three years of new new stuff being given to y'all. So thank you for sticking with us. We hope to make it at least another 150, if not more, because that should put us somewhere mid-2000s, and we'll start dwindling down then. All right. Ma'am? And
0: then what will we do?
1: I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out when we get to there. Hopefully Disney will keep making movies that are available for us to review and give our opinions, whether they be good or bad. So, tonight's... I keep saying tonight. You may be listening to this at noon and saying it's not tonight, dude. Today's episode is one of my favorites. One of my favorite movies of all time. I have no clue why. But it was released August the 1st, 1986. We did $18.6 million in the box office, which is $51 million in today's money. And we are talking about the Disney movie The Flight of the Navigator. I don't know where I was when I first saw this. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing through prior to watching it for this show but for some reason it just it stuck with me as a movie that I loved I've watched pieces of it several times so what is this your was this your first time watching it? um
0: so it was I was familiar with it and I remembered a few things here and there um it was one like I have said other movies like that my older cousins all really liked so I remembered it from when I was pretty young, but mm-hmm. I was like running around playing, so I hadn't actually like watched it. Um, within a few minutes of starting it, I remembered that I have watched it sometime in the last like five years, maybe. Okay.
1: Um,
0: because I kept thinking, this is like, this reminds me of that one where like he like goes in the woods and comes back and his time travels, and then that happened. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's it's the same one.
1: Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get there.
0: But um, yeah, I I have seen it. I just didn't remember that I had seen it. So it was kind of like um the first time again.
1: Well, now. This movie is actually a another first because the world's youngest podcast host, which you could probably hear in the background screaming right now, this was the first movie that he sat down with me and watched more than 15 minutes. I mean, he sat down with me, we started eating dinner together, and... He, he was into it. He was trying to figure out the the movie itself. And, I mean, he's two and a half. So, not grasping all the things that you do when you're 10, 12, however old um, David was. Or, yeah, David. And that shows that I'm, I'm looking at the words and I'm making sure that I'm getting the right names on everybody.
0: Yeah, I think he was 12.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when you're 10 or 12, you grasp more than you do when you're two and a half. But he's he watched about 40 minutes of it, and then he ran off and played for about 10 minutes. And I just, I moved to the couch and started, continued to take notes on it. And he came back and he sat in my lap and actually watched the last 30 minutes. And as soon as he actually heard Max's voice, I think that's what hooked him in. And we'll talk about Max later on. Yes. So... All right, so the synopsis which comes to us as always, care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like this. On July 4th, 1978, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 12-year-old David Freeman walks through the woods to pick up his eight-year-old brother, Jeff, from a friend's house when he falls into a ravine and is knocked unconscious. When he comes to, eight years have passed, and it's now 1986. He has not changed and his appearance exactly matches his missing child poster. He is reunited with his aged parents and a now 16 year old Jeff. Meanwhile an alien spaceship crashes through power lines and is captured by NASA. Hospital tests on David's brain waves reveal images of it. Dr. Lewis Faraday who has been studying it persuades David to come to a NASA research facility for just 48 hours promising that they can help learn what happened to him. Dr. Faraday discovers that his mind is full of alien technical manuals and star charts far exceeding NASA's research, and that he was taken to the planet Phelan, which is 560 light years away, in just 2.2 hours. Having traveled faster than light, he has experienced time dilation, explaining how eight years have passed on Earth, but not for him. Dr. Faraday decides to keep him there to finish his investigation breaking his 48-hour promise. Following a telepathic communication from the spaceship, David secretly boards it and meets the robotic commander, Trimaxion drone ship, who is nicknamed Max, who calls him the navigator. They escape from the facility, and Max tells David that his mission is to travel to galaxies collecting biological specimens for analysis on phalon before returning them to to their homes. Phelon's scientists discovered that humans only use 10% of their brains and as an experiment, filled the remainder of David's with miscellaneous information. Max returned him to Earth, but not to his own time, having determined a trip back in time would be dangerous for a human. When Max crashed the ship, the computer's data were erased, so he needed the information in David's brain to return home. While Max prepares for a mind transfer, David meets other alien specimens on board and bonds with a puckmarin, a tiny bat like creature that is the last of his kind after a comet destroyed his planet. During the mind transfer, Max contracts human emotions and behaves eccentrically. David and his bickering trigger UFO reports excuse me, David and his bickering trigger UFO reports in Tokyo and the US. Meanwhile, NASA intern Carolyn McAdams who has befriended David, tells his family about his escape in the spaceship, so Dr. Faraday has them confined to their house, and Carolyn is sent back to the facility. When the spaceship stops at a gas station, David calls Jeff, who sets all fireworks on the roof to locate their new house. David and Max arrive there, but NASA agents have tracked the spaceship, fearing that he will be institutionalized and treated like a guinea pig for the rest of his life if he remains in 1986. David orders Max to return him to 1978, accepting the risk of vaporization. He awakes in the ravine, walks home, and finds everything just as he left it. During the Fourth of July celebration, Jeff sees that the pack Puckmarin has stowed away in David's backpack. David tells him to keep it a secret, while Max flies home across a sky fireworks lit sky, calling "See you later, Navigator." The end. now as i think i said i don't know if i had watched the entire thing from beginning to end prior to actually watching it for the show which kind of makes sense because my first note was what was the importance of the dog frisbee show for the first five minutes of the movie
0: oh my gosh i know why did we have to watch that
1: Unless it was to show us what kind of a dog David wanted to have and then when he went into the future and the dog actually was doing the things that he had seen, but I could have done with a little bit less of that and a little bit more of the actual meat of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't really take any notes on that, but I, yeah, it's (laughs) like... three, four minutes of dogs, Um, which, I mean, they're cute dogs, but, like, you almost lost me there, movie. But then we see the spaceship, everyone's, like, amazed. Well, no, it wasn't a spaceship, was it? It was a blimp at first. Yes. Why are they all, like, I mean, the Goodyear blimp flew over my town a while back, and everyone was so excited. But we weren't all standing outside, like, in awe. Like, (gasps) what is that? Because that's, like, kind of how they play it, where, like, no one seems to know what it is. I'm like, it's the 80s. Y'all have TVs.
1: Yeah, and I was like you when I first saw the shadow. I'm like, wait, are they going to spoil this? Four minutes in, you're going to see the actual alien ship that nobody's going to remember. Because Will Smith and um, Tommy Lee Jones are going to get out and flashy thing him. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's not that movie.
0: <laughs> no, nope, Wrong one.
1: Yeah. So, they leave the dog show and David's dog gets called retarded. Yeah. Which...
0: Ding. I was very upset by that.
1: Yeah. And dealing with kids, I have to deal with them calling each other that all day, every day. And I'm like that's not a word that you use nowadays it certainly and i know they don't mean what they mean when they're saying it but still it's
0: yeah it's a slur we don't we don't
1: yeah it it, it was it was a little trigger with me with being working with kids for the last two years
0: yeah i yeah i just wrote real big the r word um and i immediately knew like that's going on the list for the three questions
1: yeah. Square alert. Yeah. And so we go from there to David and Jeff, who is the younger brother at the beginning of the movie, riding in the back, the very back of a station wagon with no the seat belts. back window rolled down. Yes, no seatbelts because this was the 80s and kids did that. And if they got pitched, they got pitched to wherever they got pitched to. And then, I'm sorry, we we forgot to mention that it was the 4th of July. That's a very important part of this movie. Because they were all going to go watch um, fireworks down by the marina of wherever they were, which I think was somewhere in Florida. Yeah. And Jeff goes and plays with his friends, and David comes back by himself or comes back with his parents, and then his parents send him to walk a half a mile in the woods at dark with nothing but him and the dog. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I think I sent you a picture of my mm-hmm. notes um, for the first few minutes of this movie, and it was all me questioning the parenting of these 80s people. because um, like... They they drop like they let Jeff get out of the car at the friend's house. They didn't talk to the other mom. They didn't like think about what is he going to eat. I don't know what time of day it was supposed to be when he jumped out of the car, but like food, water, um, (laughs) planning with the other parents maybe like maybe let them know. Oh hey, Jeff is outside. Um, I like I can't imagine just leaving my kid without making sure that an adult knew that they were there.
1: Yeah.
0: And then yeah, um sending him out in the, oh yeah. Sorry, I'm like my brain's like, oh this happened, then that happened and I'm jumping around in my mind. Um they sent him out in the dark to walk by himself half a mile to get mm-hmm. his brother in the woods. Where I'm like why why doesn't he just go down the road? There was yeah. like a road they were on. I mean I guess that's probably not very safe at night either. But
1: But if then you're living moving. but if you're living in a subdivision you can walk on the sidewalks and you don't have to cut through the woods. Because everybody yeah. that has watched any kind of eighties horror movie or even Stranger Things knows that things go wrong in the woods in the eighties.
0: Yeah. And he crosses a railroad track. Like, come on. I don't know what the mom's name is, but, like, in my mind, she's Patty. And it's was like, Patty, come on. (laughs) I have got to go see what is the mom's name.
1: But it's while he's walking, it's right after he's playing on the train tracks that we actually had the second false sighting of a (laughs) UFO. And I can't remember what that was. Oh, I think I think it was actually an owl, but
0: Yeah. There was yeah, there was some like creepy stuff happening in yeah. the woods. Like duh, it's the woods and it's at night.
1: And his response to the twig cracking is I've got a gun. You're twelve yeah, years old, I've... kid. You, you you don't you don't have a gun and if you do Well, I don't know, this was the eighties. You might have had a gun in Florida.
0: But, but also, like, you could hear the fear in his voice.
1: Yeah. And so he. The dog takes off, and of course, he has to chase it, and they come up to a cliff or a sharp embankment or something. Really and David grabs what looks to be a very unsturdy branch or vine or something and he falls, and he falls flat on his back, which probably would have knocked the wind out of him. If we're being honest, it probably would have broken his back at a couple of places, probably broken a couple of other bones in his body. And so he gets up, what seems like momentarily, and runs back home.
0: And like in somewhere in there he did like come across his brother who like jump scared him in the woods. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, that and, and that, that was part of what actually caused him to fall because his brother runs off and he takes off after him too. And we don't ever see if the brother makes it back, but of course he does because We jump, and he runs home, and he tries to open the door, and the door's locked. And so, of course, he calls his brother a couple of names and says, You open the door. And then there's an older lady, who is definitely not his mom. And being the trusting kid from the late 70s that he is, he just runs inside, runs upstairs, runs in on a guy that has turned his bedroom into the lounge, I guess. And the lady just lets him run around until he collapses on the steps. And then we flash to the police station. Yeah. Where was he arrested? Was he just picked up? Did they call a welfare check? What happened? It wasn't really explained. He was just sitting there and then
0: i felt like because he was like crying on the stairs i bet they just called yeah the husband says tells the wife to call the police Mm -hmm. so they came to the house and took him Mm -hmm. he does look scared and upset and confused like i can't imagine how jarring that would be
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and he's just a kid but Mm -hmm. uh This is when he finds out just how much time has passed because he's been missing so long, eight years.
1: Eight years, Uh, yeah.
0: And he looks exactly like he did on his missing posters.
1: Complete with the outfit that he was wearing on his missing posters. Yeah. And so they contact the parents or they find out where the parents have moved to because obviously losing their firstborn son was a traumatic event and they couldn't live at that house anymore. But okay. we move on.
0: Yeah. He gets reunited with mom and dad. They're like confused, but happy to see him. But like Jeff's not an annoying little brat anymore. Now he's 16 years old.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's got it all together. Well, ish. And then we actually get our first glimpse of the spaceship. And I think we're probably, what, 20 minutes in? And we Um, find out that the ship has hit a power pole and has drug it a pretty good little distance.
0: Yeah, everyone seems... I mean, there's, like, police everywhere. I kind of remember this part from being a kid and like thinking it was scary even though really nothing's happening it's just at night and there's like a downed power line mm-hmm. um but yeah that the government takes control and sticks it in their lab somewhere i guess
1: yeah and nasa actually shows up with howard hessman from head of the class coming in and being all cool and starting to take over and then the next thing that you see is a semi going down the road with a big black tarp covering 38% of this spaceship. Yeah. And I'm like, that black tarp's not going to keep anybody from looking, so you have to completely clear the road so there isn't an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's the government. That was back when they were spending 120 bucks on a, hammer and we didn't think anything about it
0: yeah meanwhile they've got david in the hospital Mm -hmm. Uh, there's like a really like when we first see him in the hospital it's so jarring because they've got him like in a bed running him down the hallway like it's time for emergency surgery like he's obviously like fine so there's no need for this
1: And this is where he starts to hear voices. Mm -hmm. But it's not that kind of movie. (laughs) And so somehow he's in the hospital and suddenly the computers at NASA start pulling up all these computer graphics which were cutting edge in the 80s. Mm -hmm. As we've seen from several... Disney movies, so they were all about it, and then they locate where the um, pictures were coming from, and they come and pick him up and bring him back to a lab where he is locked up in a room, but he is given a space turbo, G.I. Joe, the Megatron Transformer, and a stuffed feel it's the cat.
0: Yeah, I, so I was confused about um, like, did the government took him to study, run tests or something, yeah. but I couldn't figure out, like, how he ended up at the same facility. Like, because the ship is at NASA. So yeah. why does NASA have him?
1: Well, I I think it's because NASA put two and two together and came up with Purple and figured out that this boy was doing something to to the ship or the ship was doing something to the boy or Thursday?
0: I couldn't, like, I mean, I just let it go as soon as I thought of it. Like, it probably, maybe it doesn't matter. But now I'm like, I don't really remember um, if it even explains it. But, oh, well, Um, he's at the same facility as the ship. And they've got him hooked up to, like, some, some kind of, like, don't know like maybe a lie detector test they're asking him questions and it shows like lines being drawn i don't know what that thing is
1: called it's an ekg
0: Uh, is that is that what it is
1: i think that's what it is
0: they're like they're monitoring like his brain activity and his heart and all of this stuff but then um something like he says something or like there's a scan that shows like that he has knowledge of the ship somehow. Yeah. And yeah. that's when the doctor's like, oh, we just need to keep him for a couple days. Like, And they don't really explain to the parents what's going on, which mm-hmm. is so shady. But of course, they don't.
1: Yeah, yeah they, they, they say we're going to keep him in for testing for 48 hours. And it's because when they had him hooked up, He's saying he doesn't know anything and the computer pops up the words phalon and five hundred and sixty light years. And then he starts yeah. to give out all these star mats and I'm starting to think, well good, he's gonna find Stargate and then we're gonna step into the sideways pool.
0: There's like it shows like this printer thing, like the little arms of I don't know why I'm doing this because no one can see me. But you. It's a great
1: video for our audio. <laughs>
0: It looks like I'm doing, like, the thriller dance. Um, um, so it, it, like, prints out basically the shape of the spaceship. Mm. And, he's you know, the guy takes the big paper and he's like, look at this. And the other science guy is like, where'd that come from? And he says, from the mind of a 12-year-old boy, like, They scanned his thoughts and got a picture of the ship. Like, that's not possible. But neither is anything else that happens in this movie. So, okay. Um,
1: Sure. So, he he gets locked up for 48 hours. And I'm putting that in air quotes because we all know that the government who is listening to this podcast always keeps their word. So, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah,
0: they're like, we just... they appeal to the parents, like, don't you want to, like, figure out why he has, why he's having this brain activity, and where he really was, and why hasn't he aged? Like, we really just need to take a closer look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you know, like you said, immediately, that's, it's not going to be quite what they say it is.
1: Yeah. And it's at this point in time that we get introduced To a very young Sanderson sister, (laughs) Sarah Jessica Parker, and she comes in and she's wheeling this robot, top of the line, artificial intelligence bot, whatever, that basically delivers mail, I think. And she asks him, can I get you anything? And he orders a Big Mac value meal. That is the first thing that he thinks about. After he finds out that Starsky and Hutch has been canceled for several years. Yeah. And he finds out about the rock group Twisted Sister. He and, thinks it's a she. And his mind is blown. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she comes back. I guess she gives him. she gets him what he requested. And then she and he start talking, and we find out that she's a military brat, and that's why she's on the NASA base, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, she's like an intern or something.
1: Yeah. And the robot's name is Ralph. And we see Ralph several other times during during this portion of the movie. And... David keeps hearing the thought ta- the thoughts from the the ship and suddenly Ralph just comes into his room with no Sarah Jessica Parker and the voice tells him to get inside the ship or to get inside Ralph mm-hmm. and he obeys because otherwise we'd have no movie yeah and this robot pretty much proceeds to go all over the base, and nobody has any kind of red flags or where's the person that's driving this thing, or does, doesn't this thing usually have a handler that comes along and picks up the mail or the trash or whatever it does? And
0: yeah, like a dog sniffs him out, and the guy's with the dog. It's just like, come on, and then get he, you some
1: breakfast. Like,
0: Goes in front of a car and a trash truck. Uh, yeah. It was like silly. It She's
1: was like, the world's a-. slowest chase scene. So, yeah.
0: It's like, why is it taking so long? But eventually, he is delivered to the ship. Yes. In its hangar.
1: Yeah. And. So apparently there was a sign that was put up saying that the ship was radioactive, Mm -hmm. which if I were a scientist and I'm not, the first thing that I would have taken would have been some Geiger counter readings to make sure that there's not any kind of radioactivity because, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have people in the hangar and it is radioactive, then they need to be in hazmat suits. If it's yeah, not, then I, you can I, take down all the all the paperwork that says that it is.
0: Yeah, I kind of figured that they just had it behind a radiation thing, as like a to throw someone off or whatever. Um, like I didn't really give it that much thought. I'm just like okay, keep people out. Uh, he ends up like in the ship. It just opens to him.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: this part, and, I think I. Missed a little bit of but it's like beautiful and silver and
1: mm-hmm. shiny. Yeah, and it's basically the T one thousand from Terminator two type technology, but we're like seven years before that was even thought of by James Cameron. Yeah. And so David climbs, David climbs up inside the ship. Doesn't think anything about it. And, of course, because the door is now open, this sets off all kinds of alarms and everything. And so everybody comes running and they point every gun that is on the base at the ship, not realizing that it's a 12-year-old boy that is inside. Meanwhile,
0: a chair has risen from the floor that, like, kind of forces him to sit in it. Mm -hmm. And then little like eye type thing opens from the wall in front of him and starts talking to him and calls him navigator. Mm -hmm. And, um, they kind of go back and forth arguing. He's like, well, are you the one that's been doing this to me? Like helping me see all this stuff. Um, I think this is where in my notes I wrote, it sounds like P. Herman."
1: Yeah, I actually I I had I had that note a little bit later because I was trying to, trying to pay attention to the movie, but I kept getting pulled out by Pee Wee Herman's laugh. So I was like, I gotta yeah. find out who this is, and it actually is Paul Robins, R.I.P.
0: Yes, I, I like uh, that. I kept thinking, God, man, that sounds like Pee Wee Herman, but like Pee Wee Herman wasn't even on TV yet at this time, I don't think. So. Um, I I did, like, look it up, because I I just thought it sounds way too much like him, and of course it was him, and that just made me happy, especially having just lost him recently, Uh, not me personally, obviously, but, um, yeah, that was just, I don't know, it just made me feel good, like, oh, okay, yeah, it's Paul Rubin, love him, um, that made, it was just, it was nice, uh, but then they take off, they, like, The chains break, and they're off.
1: Yeah. Initially, they just roll out about as slow as a steamroller going across wet cement until they're outside, and then David tells them to go 20 miles. And, of course, Pee Wee takes them 20 miles straight up. And almost flattens David in the process.
0: <laughs> Poor guy. Um, he experiences zero gravity. It's very exciting. My notes at this point, this is where I I think I stopped taking notes because I just was kind of paying attention to <laughs> you. Uh So if I had anything else I wanted to say, I don't remember what it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've pretty I've I've got very sparse notes. I mean, how far are we into the movie at this time? We're like just past halfway.
0: Okay. Yeah, and it's a nice tight ninety minutes, which I love. (laughs) I wish they would bring back the ninety minute movie, Um, (laughs) Hollywood. If you are listening, like pay the writers what they're worth first of all, and then like writers write shorter movies.
1: Yeah, three-hour movies are are good if you've got nowhere to go on a Saturday yeah,
0: night. I, I've had it with three-hour movies, just like ninety minutes. Uh...
1: But yeah, we'll, we'll 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 get we'll get to the three-hour movies. Although we have had a couple of them that we don't want to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: They're, like, flying through the sky. Um, I am unclear on what the actual mission is, um, besides trying to get David home at some point.
1: Okay, so I've got that. So, apparently, when Max, which is what Pee-wee's name is, that way we aren't calling him Pee-wee for the rest of the movie, when Max hit the power line, he short-circuited all of his... Um, navigational information and everything that had been given to max had been stored in david's brain because humans apparently only use 10 percent of their brain or whatever we've got other movies yeah, that yeah and so he's so we said so they say well we we wanted to see what would happen if we would fill your brain up so, we gave you every star chart It's imaginable. So, Max pretty much says, give me the star chart and I'll take you home. So, that way I can go home and this movie can be over. Mm-hmm. And during this time, Pee-wee is starting to learn different words the first word that he said over and over and over was compliance and then he finds out about promise and privacy because david has a human function that he needs to do and he does it in a cow patch
0: yeah uh they just it's like they just get to know each other we like i think he deduces that um they accidentally like they picked him up and deposited the information, but then accidentally dropped him back off in the wrong time. Um, well, and Max is like, I I can't take you back eight years because you won't survive it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then this is where we actually see some really cool little um, critters, and there is this one critter that i that i remembered i don't know why but the pukmarin just stuck in my mind as being this cute the cutest little thing that i don't know why disney didn't make millions of them because they made everything else
0: yeah they're very cute well he's the last one of his kind
1: yeah and oh. the reason is because his planet had been blown up by a comet and so that's sad and meanwhile, we are we get transported back to the house where Sarah Jessica Parker has gone to visit the family. And of course, NASA knows where everybody is because government. No, but somehow they track her car and figured out where she is. And they swarm the house, and everybody is just sitting there watching. And waiting because they know that David's going to come back.
0: Yeah. Like, they're not allowed to leave, which, and that seems kind of illegal, but yeah. whatever. Um, back to, so just kind of rewinding just a tiny bit. Uh, when Max is like, look at all the creatures that I have collected. I thought, this feels like, um, like Noah's Ark of aliens. Mm-hmm. Did it ever explain why they were... Oh, they, were they collecting them for study?
1: Yeah. they. So they were collecting them for study, and then after they dropped Max off, or after they dropped off David, they were going to be taking them back to their planet with the exception of the Puckmarin, which, of course, his planet's gone, so there was no planet to go back to, and Max didn't know how to break that to the little critter. And so, we actually have alien um, sightings in Miami, which ends up being Tokyo, because mm-hmm. David got a D in geography.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I think that Max took him to Tokyo by mistake. I don't really know. But then they, you see the Golden Gate Bridge, and they're flying like through some clouds and over some farmland. Um, So, like, you just deduce, like, they're flying across the country. Mm -hmm. It seems like it takes longer than it should if you're in something like that, but...
1: Yeah, especially uh, something that can travel faster than light. You would think that they'd be in Tokyo one second, and then the next thing you know, they'd be in Tulsa? I don't know. But, yeah, it, it was the second longest chase scene in movie history because, meanwhile, they're monitoring the alien spacecraft and they stop outside of Big, Al, Big Al's Gator Farm, which is somewhere in Florida, I guess, and they call home. And this is actually one of the funniest, funnier parts of the movie because the... Um, Ladder drops out, T-1000 style. David gets out, asks Big Al, who is just standing there staring at the alien spaceship, if he has any change, and he reaches in his pocket and gives him, I guess, a dime or however much it costs to call home back then.
0: Yeah, I have no idea.
1: And then the next thing that you hear, there he's calling his brother, and his brother says, Well, if I have to, I will set fire to the house, so that way you can see where you're going.
0: Yeah, he's... I, I'm, like, just wondering how come Max got the star maps out of his brain but then, like, can't find his way back to Florida.
1: I think it's because, once again, David got a D in geography, so he didn't know his his Tokyo from Miami. But... And... but. Yeah, so we're in Florida, and Big Al just continues to stare up at this alien spaceship that's here, and a family of four pulls in next to this alien spaceship to get gas, mm-hmm. and the kids are like, wow, it's so realistic, and the... The dad's like, wow, this is a pretty cool thing, but don't step on it because I know they don't have insurance for this kind of thing. And I'm just like, okay. yeah, he
0: to think that it's like owls, like something on display or something. Yeah.
1: And so after David calls home, he hangs up and jumps back in and says bye to everybody. And then Big Owl says he just wanted to phone home.
0: Yeah, that made me laugh. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a fun little throwaway joke for E.T. Um, so, he gets home. Um, Jeff has, like, it's dark, so Jeff has set off some fireworks to help him find his way. Yeah. Uh, and then he, like, as they lower, like, guess Max him to the ground to deposit him with his family he realizes like all of those NASA people are there and he's like if I stay here they're just going to study me like I won't get to be like have a normal life or whatever um, he pretty much demands to be taken back the eight years that he was gone like to where he left off and Max is like you won't survive it and he's like, I would rather risk that mm-hmm. than have to isolation, in isolation um, and be studied. So, he does it, and of course we know it's going to be a happy ending, so he survives. Yeah. He survives the trip back in time.
1: And the Puck Marin has somehow gotten stowed in the backpack, and we all live happily ever after the...
0: Yeah, he, like... Uh, Max like drops him off in the woods where he had fallen originally and, yeah. and it's home and his family's like, Hey, let's uh, watch the fireworks and where he had been kind of snotty to all of them. He's like being nice now. And it's like the thing of like the mom is looking at him, like surprised that he's uh-huh. being so nice. Of um, course, cause she doesn't know. Yeah. And then, Jeff sees the little creature poke out of the backpack, and he's like, "Let's just keep it a secret or something." And and then that's it.
1: Yeah, good movie. It'll definitely be on a rewatch because I think I think I hooked T in on the or excuse me the world's youngest podcast host in on the movie, so he he'll probably want to see what it is later on. When he could actually sit down and enjoy it more. Um, A couple of things that I left out. David is girl crazy. We forgot to mention that. Oh, I... Because he went up to his room, pulled out a telescope, and was scoping a girl in a boat at the very beginning of the movie. Oh,
0: yeah, and Dad was like, Sometimes you just got to go for it.
1: And so I thought that that was who Sarah Jessica Parker was going to end up being.
0: Yeah.
1: Which would At have made... Right.
0: Nothing came
1: of it. Yeah. And the other thing that, I, that was left out was when they finally came back to the house, wherever they were staying in 1986. It was nighttime, and they were watching Bob Barker's Price is Right. Which uh-huh. everybody knows Price is Right until very recently ran from 11 until noon Eastern, 10 Central. Mm-hmm. Because you would yeah. sit down if you were sick and watch it with your mom.
0: Yeah, it, it's at 10 o'clock in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, so the only other notes I have are that, like, at the beginning, they go, like, when they drop jeff off at the friend's house and they go home the dad has a piece of candy that's in like one of those twisty wrappers and he's like i can't figure out how to open this and hands it to the wife and like makes her like he's too stupid to open twisty wrap candy like you just pull it it was so dumb it's like this is stupid oh, and then um the soundtrack or the score we don't, there's a i think there's a couple like pop songs that are like needle dropped, but um, the score is like the most '80s
1: score. Yeah, I. Who was the Who was the actual music video that he that he watched when he was looking for Starsky and Hutch?
0: Um, hang on, hang on. because
1: I'm, I'm, asked- I'm looking at the looking at the soundtrack right now and I'm not seeing
0: Uh, it is called Lose Your Love by I don't know how to pronounce this um, their English synth pop band I, this is probably wrong. Blanc Mange? It's
1: we'll like, go um, with it.
0: It's B-L-A-N-C-M-A-N-G-E. It could be as easy as Black Mange. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> there you go. They're an English synth pop band. Um, they actually broke up in
1: 1986. Sad. So this was their this was their last, this was their last claim to fame. Yeah, What is that
0: song? Um. So yeah, that's the band. Okay.
1: Well, let's go ahead and move on to the three, um, three questions. In case you, unless you don't have anything else, in your mm-hmm. copious notes. <laughs>
0: Like I said, I stopped taking notes um, probably not long after I realized that it was Paul Rubens. Um, Hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the first one, how is this... Wait, what... How is it? What is today's impact on the movie? I've, we've done this 150 times. I should know these questions by now.
0: Um. Well, they wouldn't use the R word. hmm Um. I don't know. If they'd really have to change too much. I mean, sw- switch out some of the pop culture references. Yeah. Um. They could even get away with like modern technology and cell phones and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think they'd have to change really that much besides just updating it for the time.
1: Okay. Um, is this movie mirrored in culture? Before you answer, I'm going to read what is on Wikipedia and we know Wikipedia never lies. In September of 2021, the remake was announced to be back in development with Bryce Dallas Howard set to direct. And will feature a female protagonist. It's gonna be released to Disney Plus. So uh,
0: I'm into that.
1: Yeah. She yeah. So he's so the so the girl's just, gonna have to be boy crazy. We know that.
0: Oh, that's exciting! I didn't see that. Um, that makes me very happy. Yeah. I hope I hope, I hope it happens.
1: Yeah. So, other than that, is I mean, aliens have been hot stuff since sci-fi was invented.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rockets I mean, were hot stuff before before sci-fi was invented.
0: They just had a UFO like briefing at NASA today, the day that we're recording this, um, talking about like they call them something else there's a different abbreviation that i don't remember but um they have like a special task force now uh some guy talked about aliens in um like a senate hearing recently okay. i don't think anyone believes what he has to say but like it's on the record now
1: So, I mean, this, this movie still is modern. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see some updated graphics, definitely. Just to see what they could do with the power of a cell phone now. Um, Third and final question, the one that I can never pronounce. How does it fit into society? I think we've already answered that with yeah. the few minor modifications.
0: I mean, it's dated, obviously, but it's still pretty relevant, I think, so. It it holds up pretty good, except for the R word, maybe a little more diversity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there was one person of color, and that was a police officer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they could diversify the cast, more women, obviously. They're Like, because the only women in the movie are his mom and Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, aside from the world that doesn't have a line earlier that he's kind of creeping on. So, and they only talk about him or to him.
1: Okay, so so this movie actually would not pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. Because I, I was about to ask that, and then you answered the question for me before I got it out.
0: Yeah, um, they... They would need to do a little more there, but that's, I mean, that's most movies from like before a certain time. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think it holds up and I enjoyed it quite a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I had so much nostalgia watching this one and to actually introduce the world's youngest podcast host to this movie as his first. I mean he's watched other movies because every Father's Day we sit down and watch Superman the movie and he's getting more into actually watching movies instead of like short form videos and things like that so it's not going to be too much longer before he's going to take over my seat and you two are going to do this podcast and then I'll just sit down and edit it and we'll see what happens there.
0: That could be fun. Yeah.
1: But we are always pressing onward with our movies. If this, like mine, is one of your favorites, please write us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If this was your first time watching it, and you don't know what we're hyped up about, write us and tell us that next week's movie Benji the Hunted there's your homework we will be back to talk about a dog playing a dog that is taken out of a movie to be put into a real life movie the end All right. next week's movie
0: I hope you're not confused now But we'll get
1: there. Yes, this this movie was meta before meta was meta. But we'll, (laughs) we'll get we'll get into that next week. As is always the case, before we sign off, we tell you to stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for Ralph when he's driving around on a NASA base. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at bekindrewinddmp@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is bekindrewinddmp@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Al's Gator City. This must be Florida, Max! And that
0: must be (laughs) Big (laughs) Al.
1: Maybe he has a phone. Change to pull my parents. Thank
0: you. Hey, Blimbo! On going! Too many twinkies! <laughs> uh, excuse me, pal. Would you mind if my wife used a little girl's room?
1: Dad, can we look at the flying saucer? Sure, go ahead. Jackie, isn't it weird? Yeah.
0: Well, your Indian village won't win any awards, but that flying saucer's first rate. I wonder how it came up. How long did it take to put something like that together? Okay, we'll just take a look around ourselves.
1: Look at this, I can push on the step and it doesn't move. It just wiggles a Kids, little. Kids,
0: get out from under there. Come on, they don't have any insurance in places like this. Okay, that's nice. All right, Jackie, move just a little bit. Good, okay. All right, Ryan, give me, give me some smile. Come on, we're having a good time. i want to get the shipping here. This is a nice shot. All right, honey, smile. Here we go.
1: Excuse me.
0: See you later, alligator. <laughs> wow. Son
1: of a gun. He just said he wanted to phone home.